0: Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is my daughter and my co-host, Allegra. You may know my mom from the Mom Hour. On this show, we talk about the books, shows, podcasts, and music that our family enjoys together, plus how we discover great media for kids and how we consume it.
1: We also talk about other fun stuff like board games, tablet games, and movies.
0: Today's episode is about
1: educational
0: nonfiction books, which might sound a little boring, but we love these types of books. I think this is going to be fun. Come
1: on, Mom. Let's get started episode 29, and we're doing nonfiction. I actually came up with this idea, so I don't usually come up with the episode ideas.
0: That's not true. We come up with them together, but you kind of, you you started this outline and took it all the way, and what inspired you to do this topic, nonfiction books?
1: Well, there were multiple um, comments from our survey. Um, they weren't exactly asking for nonfiction, but what they asked for kind of was about nonfiction. We had Hannah who asked for an episode about girls in science and we had Elsa who asked for a podcast about animals. So I kind of put those together and you can learn about both of those through nonfiction.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Kind of zooming out a little bit and nonfiction is a great way to dig into the interests that your kids already have or to present ideas that you want your family to have, maybe things about diversity or other faith traditions or other cultures. Um, Having nonfiction books around in the house can be just a nice way to introduce ideas that maybe the kids aren't going to find on their own or gravitate towards. So I think you can come at it from both those angles. Allegra, I was curious what, like, if you, if left to your own devices, are you reading much nonfiction these days?
1: Um, if there's one lying out like during the day, I'll pick it up sometimes, but it's not like something that I just go to and start just reading. But for a while I was reading a lot of historical nonfiction like Founding Fathers and we talked about that. Yeah. But not really like science and stuff. I used to be really into like the younger kid versions of nonfiction a
0: lot. Like the who was biographies, like yeah. that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, we're going to talk through, I would say what we
0: have today is not so much a book list, but more different ways to bring nonfiction books into your home and maybe different reasons. So we have kind of a few, a few thoughts. So to our listeners who had the idea about an episode about animal books or girls in science, um, I think that's a great place to start because finding something that your child is interested in and then um, bringing home books from the library or your local bookstore about that topic is a great way to get nonfiction books into the house. And we've talked actually on this show. We did an episode about biographies, which is you know of course a, a subset of nonfiction. Um, and so there's lots of there's lots of different series for young kids um, that can kind of help you dive into some of those interests. Um, but one of the things that we've always liked is nonfiction stories that are presented more like a beautiful picture book. And um, there's quite a few of these. I'll mention a couple that we really like. But what I mean is it's something that you might find in the picture book section, beautifully illustrated, um, told like a story um, for young children and, and elementary school age children. But But the story being told is true. So that's a little different Allegra than like the books of facts that we were talking about. And those are fun too, but this would be more um, kind of bridging the gap between a picture book or a story book and nonfiction. And there's so many good ones. So our friend, the children's author, Emma Smith, who listens to this show and also listens to the mom hour. We had a book of hers called journey, which is about the, one of the first wolves that made it across from the Oregon border to the California border when they were trying to reintroduce um, wolves into California. So it's a true story from kind of the animal world, natural world told in the form of a beautiful picture book. And we actually had that book and loved it before we knew Emma. And then we met Emma and now we know the author and Emma has several books that I would put in this category of, um, true stories often about animals. I also love the one called Odin, which is about a Labrador who saved, um, some livestock during the California wildfires And then what's cool about books like this is often in the back, there are more facts and, um, you know, information about whatever you've been reading. So I think it just helps kind of normalize reading nonfiction, but in that very accessible picture book way. Um, I'll mention one more. Violet loves a book called Raise Your Hand by Alice Paul Tapper. Alice is uh, when she was 11, when she helped write the book, and it is put together with the Girl Scouts, Um, And it's about girls being confident in class and learning to raise their hand. Um, And it has some um, it has some information about historically girls being less confident than boys in a classroom setting. So you end up learning a lot. um, But it's told it's totally told like a story with pictures. So I guess that's an entire category that I think makes for great, um, great books to own in your home library.
1: Yeah. Um, And then you also have like encyclopedias and stuff.
0: Right, which is a totally different, um, totally different subcategory of nonfiction. Do you want to talk about our, our home nonfiction shelf in our little home library?
1: Yeah, so we have a lot of encyclopedias by Smithsonian, and so these are really good. They have a bunch of facts that are like real, and you can trust that they are true facts. They're not made up or anything. So they have ones on lots of different categories. I think one's called animals, one's called dinosaurs. And they're just really, they're thick and they have, they go through each species and things like that. And so those are really cool. Yeah. And Reed likes those.
0: Reed loves those. They make great gifts. We have, so I would say the three brands that we really trust are that Smithsonian line. Um, I just saw my friend Erica Ladd post on Instagram, the Smithsonian has one about botany, like plants, and it looked really, really good too. So we have animal and dinosaur but the botany one looks really good. So Smithsonian is great. Um, DK, which is another like really reputable brand. Um, I don't even know what that stands for. Do you? I think nope. it's a British company, but it always has the DK on the spine. Um, mm-hmm. And then National Geographic, of course. And and there are some others as well. But um, I agree that sticking with the slightly higher quality of those books is worth it, like you said, Allegra, the, the information's really reliable. I also just find that the binding and the pages are higher quality. Um, I think sometimes those types of books, you can get some cheap ones, and we, we do have some cheap ones too. Um, but that's that's a great way to build a whole collection. Now, here's something about those books. Are they light and easy to move around? No, they are not. No, they are not. <laughs> when you amass several of them, they're big. They'll make your bookshelf like... They'll be too big for a shelf in some cases. They'll stick out too far. Um, they're more like a coffee table book style. So I think getting creative about where you keep them or how you store them um, is worth thinking about because we have, I don't know, maybe 50 or something books like that. And we're lucky enough to have a big bookshelf where they all live. But um, it's it's fun to, to look at that type of nonfiction as a collection um, and not just one child's interest, but almost building a library. So we really like that.
1: Yeah, and then another one that we like is called 5,000 Awesome Facts About Everything. And there are three different ones. And There might
0: even be more than three at this point.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and they're really good. They're just each page. So each page will have a number of facts. So it could be 25. It could be 75. It could be 100. And then it'll also have a topic. So it'll be like 25 facts about rocket ships or telephones. And the titles are always like 25 facts about telephones to call home about. And then it's really like graphically designed. So you will have like little bubbles with each fact in it. It has some like pictures, like not drawn pictures, but photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're really cool and they're pretty. Um, the, each page is really well designed. So it makes it fun to read.
0: Yeah. And and fun to flip through. Um, They make great kind of dinner table conversation. Like, hey, did you know? So it's almost like with some of these, we're saying start with your interest and go from there. And with something like 5,000 Awesome Facts about everything, it's almost like start with the facts and then then just let your interest lead you because there's so many different things in there. I want to add something about kids who are reading independently versus kids who are not. I have found that all of these visual encyclopedia type big nonfiction books are so interesting to look at that um, they capture the attention even of kids who are not yet reading on their own. And then the cool part is the kids get so familiar with the pages. I mean, these are books that they'll just look at you know, page after page if they're into dinosaurs or into animals. And then lo and behold, a couple of years later, they are starting to read independently and they kind of rediscover those same books and can read the little the little captions and the bubbles and the call out. So I think they um, they read, they span that time frame from when kids are just looking at the pictures to when they're actually reading them. Um, so that's helpful.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So the next thing that we are going to talk about is the who was who is series and we Love these books. We have so many of them. And so each one takes a historical figure, like a person who either is still alive or is not alive anymore. That's what the was or is it Mm -hmm. is. So it'll be like, who is J.K. Rowling or who was Martin Luther King Jr. And it'll just have those people and it'll go through their lives it has pictures, and it's factual, but it's, it's more like a chapter book, but it, mm-hmm. it, they're short and easier to read than one of those encyclopedias.
0: That's true. Yeah, they're geared toward young chapter book readers, I would say, um, and yeah. you can do them as a read-aloud or independent. Um, independently. It's a great way to kind of make biographies accessible and they also have some that are not about a person but about a thing or a place so they've kind of expanded yeah like where is right and we have heard great things about the Netflix series but we haven't we kept meaning to watch it but haven't watched it yet Mm
1: -hmm. yeah Um, I heard it's really funny
0: yeah same I want to mention another thing for younger readers and we've talked about the big huge heavy encyclopedias so now I'm going to the opposite end of the spectrum, and. Uh, you know, Allegra, I don't know what we call these, but I call them like first readers or like early reading paperbacks, and they're the ones that are like five by eight inches. They often have the levels, like level one, level two, level three, somewhere on there. So they might be made by Scholastic or one of those. Um, you can get National Geographic has a whole bunch, and Ranger Rick makes some, so you can get those in fiction form, and and you know you can get them in every like TV character, superhero. Um, It's the kind of book that your kids aren't into for very long because as soon as they're reading proficiently, they move on. So it's kind of a short phase. Um, Because
1: they either can't read those books or then they can, but then they don't want to anymore.
0: Right, because they're short and they're flimsy and they're cheap. And um, I would say like kindergarten, first grade is kind of the height of these age. Um, But having some nonfiction ones and buying like, I remember at one point we bought like an eight pack of National Geographic ones about different animals. Um, if you have a reluctant reader or a kid who's not super excited about practicing their reading, um, and they like science and animals, um, those are geared toward, they're still, um, easy to sound easy to, you know, like phonics based, like, um, leveled for those emerging readers, but nonfiction. So that's a great, that's a great tool when you are, when you have a kid who is learning to read and maybe isn't as interested in stories, but loves nonfiction.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea.
0: Allegra, are you reading any nonfiction right now?
1: Nope,
0: I'm reading fiction. Yeah, maybe the Hamilton biography was the last.
1: Yeah, I am midway through the Jefferson biography and haven't read it in like a month or something. Yeah, yeah. It's not as interesting as the Hamilton one.
0: All right, well, shall we move on and talk about what we're reading? Yeah. Okay, what about you?
1: So I just finished... The first book of Twilight, Um, when we were on vacation, mom got that on my Kindle. And so I really liked it and I read it in two nights. <laughs> um, but right now I am reading This Tenderland, which I said I was going to read. And now I'm halfway through. It is very good.
0: And remind me what that's about. I know it's historical fiction. Not really. Oh, it's more kidding. of like,
1: well, I guess it doesn't take place in the present. It takes place during the time of the Great Depression. but I mean, there's only like glimpses of what it is. It, these kids, like they escape from uh, like an orphanage, I think. Yeah, something like that. And then they are going down the river on a canoe. Hmm. And so along the way, they meet people and have
0: adventures. Interesting. Um, well, I am still reading Keep Sharp by Sanjay Gupta. Um, which is about brain health. I talked about it last episode. Um, I am a little slow going, but I am still really enjoying it. I think it's especially useful for people my age, even though it's kind of about um, what happens to your brain as you get a lot older, but there's a lot um a lot of good information in there for people my age. So I do recommend it. So then we always like to share what one of you is reading with your kids or on your own, and we got an email from Helen.
1: Yeah, so Helen's 11-year-old just finished reading The Lord of the Rings trilogy and The Hobbit. I remember Reed was going through those, too, Mm -hmm. and they're going to watch the movie versions. That's really fun. Um, And then they were doing a read-aloud with their 6-year-old doing Charlotte's Web um, by E.B. White. We love Charlotte's Web, too. Um, And also... They read The Tale of Despereaux by Kate D. Camilio, which she also enjoyed.
0: Awesome. Yeah, Helen said that she wasn't sure how the 6-year-old would do with the sad ending of Charlotte's Web. Um, but she took it in stride and loved everything about the book. I I love reading Charlotte's Web aloud, but I agree it can be hard on sensitive kids.
1: We also love the audiobook version.
0: The audiobook is so good. It's read by the author, so he has this like very gravelly, old like 1950s voice. It's fantastic. So Helen herself recently read Homecoming by Yah Jesse, who is a Ghanaian American writer. um, And she loved that. She said it's full of pain and brutality, but the writing is engaging and makes it hard to put down. Um, So that sounds like a really good one. We will link that up in the show notes. Um, She does say she'd recommend reading the physical book over listening on audio or reading on a Kindle because the story follows seven generations of two related families and I was, and she said she I was constantly flipping back to the family tree page to remember who was related to who, which is exactly one of the reasons I really prefer physical books myself is I am often flipping back or wanting access to something um, and if it's a visual, I, I agree that would be very helpful. So Yeah, so thanks for the email Helen and um, anyone who wants to can send us what you are reading or hello at Kid podcast.com
1: well this was episode 29 the next episode will be episode 30 Woo! thank you all for listening we'll talk to you in two weeks Bye. kid literate is a production of life listened our sound engineer is brian thomas from yokai audio you can find links to everything we mentioned at kidliterate podcast.com and be sure to rate review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen thanks